Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the How to Life podcast. My name is Dr. Laura Jaggett. I'm so happy that you're joining in again today. Every week, I am committed to giving you information and answers that you may have about this adult world you find yourself in. Sometimes you might not have even realized that you had a question about something, and then boom, there it is on the podcast, like this week's topic, what to do when you can't decide what to do. Indecisiveness is something that touches us all. It's not just you, it's everyone. The fear of making the wrong choice is very real. I think it stems from the incorrect assumption that there's only one right answer. And if you don't make the right choice, then dot, dot, dot. And it's the dot, dot, dot that's scary. The imagination can run really wild and turn us into insecure, nervous wrecks about it. I used to think that decision-making in any form was just an uncomfortable part of life. And I definitely did not like the feelings that it evoked. Everything from annoyance to sheer panic. There's often so much pressure in deciding. How does one make a decision? Well, it's a spectrum. On one end, you have those who feel pressured to decide, so they just jump. I was in that category for a while. When I was much younger, I was an oldest child, and the little ones would look to me for answers. And I think because I got accustomed to that role, I often found myself in other leadership positions where, again, all eyes would turn to me to make a decision. And the fear of not being able to make one or to not know what is the best one for everybody was very overwhelming at times for me. And yes, I admit, sometimes I just made a rash decision without thinking it through. Then on the other end, you have the avoiders. They just don't deal with anything until it blows up, and then they just accept the fallout. Both are usually bad ways to go about it. But most of the time, I think everybody kind of falls into the middle section, which are the askers. When you're an asker, you want the answer, but you don't know how to get it. So you ask other people or you go on Quora or Reddit, read advice columns or other sites on the web, and you type in the words, what should I do? Why do we often ask others what's best for us? I'm not scolding or judging because I also did this. Why are we so unsure of ourselves? When did we buy into the idea that our opinion about what's best for us is not valid? I've actually thought about this a lot, and I've come to the conclusion that I think it's just something that we're slowly conditioned to become. Most likely, it starts out when we're very young and others make decisions for us our parents or those who brought us up or other authority figures in our lives. We kind of get complacent because we don't have to think about what to do. It's done for us. But then suddenly we're young adults with no experience. It's very tempting to ask somebody else, bigger, stronger, who knows more than you do, what's the best thing to do. And then you find yourself in situations where you think someone's smarter than you are. They have the degrees or the accolades that you don't have. They must know the answers. Or you don't trust yourself because you feel less than or unworthy for whatever reason. And then I also have this theory that we often look to others for advice because subconsciously we can blame someone else if it doesn't work out. Maybe that could be a discussion for another podcast. But getting back to this topic, through my life experience, I found that asking others what to do if they were you is not the best approach. Why? 
Well, consider this. When you ask someone what they would do or what they think about a decision that you want to make or have made, they're bringing their own personal life experience into their answer. They may have been in a similar situation, but what shaped their experience is going to be completely different than what's shaping yours. Their circumstances were different. They're wired differently than you. Their perspective is different. I mean, have you ever asked several people the same question and got completely different answers? And they're all very adamant that their way is the right way. And it is. Their way is 100% correct for them. And those answers will be well-meaning, but they're bringing their junk into your world. If you're wobbly about what to do, and you are because you're asking someone else what you should do, those answers you get will often just lead to more discomfort and confusion. Here's an example. Let's say you want to buy houses and flip them because you heard it's a good way to make money. You're excited and you're motivated and you feel you're on the right path. But just to make sure, you ask someone who you know has been in this business if he thinks it's a good idea that you should do this. But what you don't know is that this person lost everything when the housing market crashed in 2008, and he's pretty pessimistic and bitter about it. And he brings that perspective to your dream. That can knock the confidence out of you. Or let's take the same situation, except this time you are excited and motivated and feel you're on the right path, but you're a little nervous because you don't know much about it. So you ask someone who's quite successful at this, and she talks way over your head and seems surprised that you aren't following her, and then tells you it's going to be really hard for you because of A, B, and C. That also is going to deflate your dreams. Again, they're bringing their junk into your dream. So what are you supposed to do? Well, do you really think I'm going to do a podcast and not give you a tip? It took some trial and error, but I've discovered an exercise that really works for me. In fact, it's actually, it's given me my power back. And perhaps you'll give it a try and see if it's helpful to you. Okay, here it is. The next time you want to know what you should do, here's the drum roll. Ask yourself, what? I suggested this to a friend of mine once and he laughed at me. Why yourself? This is the reason. No one knows what's best for you better than you. Whenever I'm asked what I think someone else should do, I annoyingly respond, what do you think you should do? Should I do this or that? Here's my answer. How does each one feel to you? I encourage you to imagine the different scenarios. Project each one into the future. And how does it feel? This is how I find the answers to all my questions these days. I feel my way to the solution. Now, stay with me. I know there are many who dismiss feelings in favor of logic, and there's nothing wrong with making a logical decision, as long as it feels right to you. And there's that word again. Here's exactly what I do. I make a pros and cons list. There's not a correct way to do this. You can do it however you want, but this is my technique. I make this pros and cons list from my perspective, and I write it out. I get a notebook or a journal or a notebook. I usually just get a notebook. And I like to put pen to paper. I think it's very powerful. It's deliberate. And you can see the problem written out in front of you. So it's out of your mind, removed from the scenarios that you most likely have been creating in your head about it. Even if I'm feeling very emotional or very, very negatively emotional or very distressed, I will write the question at the top of the page and then draw a line down the middle. And I put pro on one side and con on the other side. 
and then I try to be as relaxed as I can before I start writing my list out. You want to get to a state of relaxation so that you can decrease as much resistance as possible. As I've learned from my own experience, decisions made from a state of discord and imbalance typically lead to a pretty rough and uncomfortable ride. So I really want to get into the right frame of mind or into the best frame of mind that I can be in before I start writing my list out. What I do is I declare to myself that my intention is to find an answer or answers to my question. I want to feel less stuck. I want clarity. I want to feel confident in the decision. I say these things to myself. I want it to be known. I want it known that it's my desire for clarity. It takes some practice to get into the right frame of mind. If you're having trouble, ask yourself these no-brainer questions. Start with this. Would I rather feel good or bad? Well, the answer is good. Would I rather be clear or confused? Would I rather be easy or resistant? Calm or chaotic? Things like that. There's no hesitation in making those choices. Those are decisions and you just picked it right away. It's little, it's a baby step, but it's something to get the momentum going so that you can continue on that path to solving your problem. You want to get a few answers right under your belt, and you want to feel how easy it is to make choices. You're going to take baby steps up the emotional scale. If you're in panic, you want to get to worry. If you're in worry, get to nervousness, and from nervousness, get to neutral. You can't go from despair to joy. It's just too big of a leap. So you kind of have to take these little steps on up. You want to begin your pros and cons list from at least neutral. Neutral is a state of calm, pretty accepting to whatever the situation is at the moment. The reason you want to be in the best frame of mind as you can be is because you want to reach for the better feeling so that you can choose the better thoughts, and therefore make better decisions. Don't move until you feel it. And the more urgent the decision needs to be made, the more important it is to be calm. Once you're there, start listing your pros and cons. Get them out of your head and out in front of you. I find that they are so much smaller when they're on paper than when they're in my mind. And that feels good to look at it and say, oh, it's not as big as I thought it was. Again, another step towards clarity. If the process is going easily, I keep going. If I start feeling uncomfortable or negatively emotional, I'll stop and take a step back, walk away, distract myself, and then come back to it. And in my mind, I remind myself, I'm getting there. I started my list. I wrote the words out. I've thought about it. Maybe I've got one or two things down. It's the little successes along the way that get you to the final success. So keep rewriting the pros and cons. You add more, dismiss others, and pretty soon you'll start seeing the solution appear before your eyes. It's a funnel. And when it looks like the answer has funneled its way down, I will write the question out again and follow it up with that answer. When the answer follows seamlessly and without hesitation, that's it. I know. I got it. It feels good. It feels right. The triumph of making a decision and the feeling of confidence that it's the right one is exhilarating. You'll know it when you feel it. I want to share an example with you. A young person I know was stressed about some decisions she wanted to make. 
One was about moving to a new city. It was going to be her first move out on her own from her parents' home to her own place that she was going to be sharing with a roommate, but she wasn't sure if it was the right thing to do. Her question was, should I move to New York? Her second question was, should she pursue voice acting as a career? This is something she's very good at, she's always loved doing, and she's even dabbled in it, but she still felt worried about making a wrong career choice. Those seem like pretty huge questions, but only if you think that you have to make the right choice because it's for the rest of your life. So she decided to start with the moving question. I told her that just staying where she is is also a decision, and if that felt better and safer, then maybe that was the answer. And she immediately said no without hesitation. All right, that's a step towards clarity. And she made a decision without even thinking about it. So she began the process. She got a paper and wrote out, should I move to New York? She drew the line and put the pros and cons on each side. And here's what was on her pros. I already have many friends in New York, a support system. Her roommate was going to be able to help her because she had been living there for two years already. She was excited about having her own independence. She was excited about making her own money, paying her own bills, having new experiences. And then on the con side, she just wrote down, fear. It feels scary. That was it. She looked at the pros again and read them. And there's a lot of excitement there. And then she looked at the fear and it felt okay to her. The excitement outweighed the fear. She wrote the question again, should I move to New York? And immediately followed it with a big yes. Now she's firm in this decision and is planning with her friend. And she's really looking forward to this wonderful adventure that's in front of her. And by the way, if she had decided to stay put for a while because that felt better to her, then that would have been the right choice too. But having made a decision and owning it is the key. The decision doesn't matter. It's how you feel about it. And you can always move to New York next year or come back if you change your mind. Her other question, should she pursue voice acting? She had a bit more angst about that one. So she wrote out the question and put down some pros and cons, but she started to feel stressed about it. So she decided that no decision needed to be made right then and there, and she left it alone. Deciding not to decide right now is also a decision. She didn't ignore it. She decided to relax about it and let the answer come to her later when she felt more ready for it. And just to let you know, her cons on that question were also fear-based, but her pros were awesome. Here's what she liked about it. She liked the creative process. It's a business that she could do at her home. It's a fun way to make money. It's a fun way to make a following. She has a really good voice. She's enjoyed using her voice her whole life. She's made an awesome demo tape, but she wasn't quite ready to decide on this. The moving to New York question was much easier for her. But she did make a decision about both, and she feels much better moving forward. Now that she's learned this technique, I am sure she's going to come back to the voice acting question in the near future as her pros are really pro. It sounds like this is something that she loves and she knows that she's good at. That's the process. I find it soothing and comforting for me. At this point, it's easy for me. And I love that I'm in control of the choice I make. And when I take my time and think about it, I pick the right one. But don't fear making the wrong decision. When you're consciously making a decision from the best frame of mind that you can be in, there are no mistakes. There's only growth. Really, there are no mistakes. You are learning what your preferences are. 
Experience teaches you how to make better decisions for you in the future. And you're just fine tuning along the way. And you're learning to trust yourself. Many of us have forgotten how to trust ourselves. This is a way to learn how to get back that power. If you're afraid about trusting yourself, I want to give you some thoughts to soothe you. First of all, I've done everything that I've mentioned when it comes to forms of decision making, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So don't worry, you will triumph too. And remember, you have a 100% success rate for overcoming obstacles in your life. 100% you ask? Yes, 100%. You're still here. You have survived all the calamities of your life so far. And you're listening to this podcast. You're making it. You're killing it. 100%. Remember that. You can't beat those odds anywhere. So let me know if you try this problem-solving tip. I would love to know if it helped you. And if it did, share your win. Tell me about it. Share it with others. You never know what little thing can make the difference for someone else. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you like what you're hearing, I would love it if you would kindly leave a review and a five-star rating. You can find this show and other shows here on this platform, as well as on my website, howtolife.com. Also on the website, you can find all of the Mominars, which are three to four minute tutorials on how to do basic life skills that you may have missed somewhere along the way. And if you'd like to send me an email with a Mominar request or a podcast interview request, or if you just want to say hi, you can reach me at drlj at howtolife.com, drlj at howtolife.com. Please join me again next week. I have a great interview that I think you're really going to enjoy. As I mentioned before on this podcast, I do some solo shows like this one. I interview professionals and experts in many fields to answer your questions and help you get more informed and feel more comfortable about that topic. And I interview inspiring young people who are making their way in this world. They come from different walks of life and have different life paths, and they share how they got to where they are right now and how it's going so far. Next week, I'll be speaking with Yoni Malari, a 24-year-old self-taught sound engineer who followed his passion hobby and made it a career that he loves and has fun doing every single day. Make sure you tune in for this inspiring interview. So goodbye for now. Have a fantastic week. Have fun. Give yourself a break and be easy about everything. You got this. Yeah.